When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. News from the Krabby Coffee Shop is brought to you by AimHighConstructionMN.com. Welcome to News from the Krabby Coffee Shop with your hosts, Don McLean from Jason and Alexis in the Morning on My Talk 1071, Garage Logic's newsman, Mr. FYI, John Height, and the crabbiest guy in the coffee shop, Kenny Olson. Oh, shut up, Amy. Um, oh, no. I come to you today with an agenda. I actually took some oh. notes, and I know what I want to talk about. And uh, the first one, um, the first note is big mistake. I made a huge, huge error this morning on Twitter. And the only reason that's unusual um, today, because I, I make huge errors on Twitter all the time, is uh, I don't care. <laughs> And I haven't corrected my mistake, and I don't know if I'm going to. Here's the deal. Uh, early on, before the Jason and Alexis show on My Talk 1071 started, I received a DM from a fella that works at Channel 5, an overnight photographer. He told me about a crash in Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. Right above that uh, DM was a previous DM of a video of a crash that he took, oh, I'm going to say two, three weeks ago, that was on 94. I posted the video, and then I said, something, something, here's a crash in Buffalo, Highway 55. <laughs> this might cause a delay, and I let it go. The first person that responded was... Uh, What's this gal's name? Uh, John, Jason's partner on uh, his TV show. She's really cool. Um, oh, um, it starts with a K. Oh, you're... Bl- Ken- 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 Kendall, Kendall. 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 She's a great, great gal. She does traffic in the morning. And she said, I have camera envy. And I thought, oh, that was nice of her to acknowledge me. And I liked it. And <laughs> then uh, somebody an hour <laughs> later... Oh, oh and uh, DeRussia commented, Jason too. Jason DeRussia. But I have him muted, so uh, oh. the, he follows me, but I've muted him for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and I trust my, uh, my judgment, so I keep him muted. Um, but I don't have anything against him. Uh, and he commented it, so I had to f- dig out his, and then he said something about it. But then I, a little about an hour later or so, I received a text saying, that's not Highway 55. And then somebody responded to, to that, acknowledging that's not 55 either. And then somebody later, uh, that's not Highway 55. And all the while along, I didn't bother researching it. I didn't uh, dive into it. I just thought, oh, well, did I make a mistake? Or are they right? Am I, am I mm-hmm. right? And then um, about 10 o'clock, uh, 35 minutes ago from when we're recording this, uh, I received another one. So I dived in and did some investigation and discovered that I made this huge, huge error early on, posted a video attributed to Buffalo. It had nothing to do with Buffalo. It was a crash (laughs) weeks ago. Weeks ago. Weeks ago on 94 in Minneapolis. Wow, that is a big difference. And I I don't care. (laughs) What's wrong with me? 
Well, it's I, because wow. it's Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, there you go. Use that. John, there were times uh, when I've made mistakes and I rush to correct them and I apologize and I'll try yeah. to do better. And I'm embarrassed and I carry the weight around me uh, around for a couple of days, yeah. you know, wringing my hands. Today, I don't give a single rat's behind. <laughs> I just don't care. Yeah. What I, should I do here? Should I? Just, I think that's a great sh- place to be. I would well, like yeah. to be there someday because that way I would sleep easier. I wouldn't but keep myself up till midnight worrying. This stupid Twitter account of mine is traffic related. I, I try to stay out of politics, um, and I try to provide accurate information regarding traffic. And it was well, just so unbelievably wrong. Did you just delete it? No, I, I'm asking your advice. It's what should st- I do? It's still there. Oh, yeah, it's still sitting there. You need well, just the- delete the tweet. Do yeah. I acknowledge all the people that corrected me? No, nah. just just no. it doesn't exist anymore. You know, because they basically commented under that tweet, right? Right. So delete it, and then all of those comments will be gone, <laughs> and it never happened. Well, they'll still be on their account, and they'll know. Who cares? I. I, I the old Kenny would acknowledge it. I think it's time to put Twitter down for a while. You say this all the time, but you have you a do, big yeah. addiction to it. I do. You, the, you care about Twitter more than anybody else I know. But you also have more followers than anyone else I know that yeah. isn't a celebrity. Why, though? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think There's people... so many people out there that do traffic tweets way better than me. I well, don't know why what... you would. You know what I think it is? I think it's the name. I think people search for traffic, and my account comes up first because it's MSP Minneapolis St. Paul traffic, and they uh, attribute some kind of legitimacy to that. Well, it, it's not. I'm not legit. <laughs> I'm too a, legit to quit, though. <laughs> I, I'm just a dumb dumb faking it, and now I've made a huge mistake, and I don't care. Okay. You are also very early to the Twitter game, so I think I that I think that helps you as well. Probably uh-huh. also explains your addiction too. You've you've now been connected to Twitter for twelve years. Oh my! Twelve Christ years, Ross. Really? Why would you say that? Wow! Holy moly! That is not right. You joined in March of two thousand and nine. Twitter oh. used to be a lot of fun when I had about a hundred followers, and you could say virtually anything. And I remember when, hold on, i got to turn my mic off and cough. Okay, I'm back. Um, I remember when it, when it took a serious turn, there were, this was a long time ago, five years or more, there were some protests on the freeway uh, where people were sitting down and blocking traffic. This was long before the George Floyd thing. And uh, I said some mean stuff because, you know, I was pretty mean on Twitter. And uh, I got pushback from across the country. Yeah. Where everybody just jumped on me, so uh, that's when I kind of started when the fun went out of it for me. Mm. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to do take your advice, delete it. Yeah, just delete it, ignore no it, remorse, and move on. Because you then, don't want it out there for people to see over and over again. Just you know, right, right. Delete the, the evidence, or, to, or do I care? You must care because you're talking about it. Thank you, so you John. You care, you care to some point, obviously. Well, I just killed like six, seven minutes. 
Oh, I see now. I understand. Okay. Along with that big mistake, now moving on to uh, the second item on my agenda. Uh, I have a big, big, big announcement, and this uh, involves mostly you, Don McLean. Uh, And I want to announce to everybody that's downloading this podcast, and I think we should all, the four of us, um, tell all of our friends and family, the ice is safe. I, oh, uh, yep. I declare the ice is safe. And I sent you a video yeah, again you did. via Twitter. I don't know why you think that this is funny. This is a video. You can find it on my Twitter, Donna Dark. Yeah. Um, it's terrifying. It's Kenny yeah. <laughs> walking out on the ice. He goes, I'm going to check the ice for you. Yeah. And um, he said it's about three inches thick. At and, 30 yards from shore. Uh-huh. And then you hear this weird... It's a crack, but it's a crack I've never heard before, but I have maybe in a past life because I almost puked watching it because it was a crack that reverberated in a weird, ominous, like there's something beneath the surface tone. Like I could hear the water underneath just like an echoey, weird warning that says don't go any further and what does he do he walks further i uh, first i want to acknowledge i checked the ice improperly uh because i was in a hurry um and i didn't have the normal tools i usually have i usually have a yardstick that has a little peg on the bottom to measure the ice and i usually have a big chopper crowbar thing and i'll normal normal years i'll walk two three feet out on the ice and chip a hole see where i'm at right see if it's safe Mm -hmm. to continue and I'll walk another 10, 15 feet, do the same thing, till I get out to an uncomfortable distance from shore where I know I'm going to go over my head. And I do it again, and then I, I use the yardstick to measure the ice. This time, Dawn, just for you, and, and I, I only did this for you because your view on uh, ice is just outrageous. And you might, it might actually get you kicked out of the state. Um, oh, boy. What I did, and these damn cameras are so good. When you heard that crack, I had actually been jumping up and down. <gasps> Kenny! <laughs> yes, yes. Are you trying to drown? No. Oh. I just wanted, it seemed, it hadn't, usually it crack. I'm out there when it's so thin that it cracks as you're walking. And I hadn't heard a crack. And I thought, well, wow, I must have four or five inches here. So I jumped up and down a few times, and it cracked and caved a little bit. It sunk just a what? little bit. Yeah, it sunk just a little bit. You're scaring Don more and more. You're okay, here's minute. this from the DNR just yesterday. Okay. With a deadly open water season nearly in the rearview mirror, nearly. The Minnesota Department of Natural Resources Resources reminds everyone the lakes and ponds throughout the state have started to freeze and that where ice hasn't formed, the water is dangerously cold. It's up to all people to choose to stay safe around the water or ice. I'm going to, and then they remind people that kids are off of school and you need to remind your kids not to go out there. Here's a quote from Lieutenant Adam Block. There's nothing worse than when a time of year that should be festive, turns tragic. He is the boating law administrator for the DNR Enforcement Division. Teaching your kids to be vigilant around the water this time of year and doing the same yourself isn't just a good idea. It's an absolute necessity. (laughs) Each year, unexpected falls into cold water lead to serious injury and death. 
Yep. Wearing a life jacket is the best way to avert tragedy since the initial shock of falling into cold water can yeah. incapacitate even strong <laughs> swimmers. Yeah, Carrying I, a yeah. good set of ice picks helps a person get out. I don't even want to hear any of this. Carry a whistle, <laughs> a cell phone. That's not going to do you any good if it's submerged. Right. What? So you're in the hole of water. I don't even want yeah. to talk. Never mind. No, we are going to talk about this because I have a story. I have a couple of stories about thin ice and where um, one time where I went through and one time <gasps> you where went through? I should have gone through. So I was a kid um, and I'm guessing it was before it was before I had a truck. I had a truck at 15. So I was probably 13. I was running a trap line. And it was first freeze up. And you, you know what a muskrat house is, right? It's just a pile yeah, of mud yeah, and like weeds and sticks. It's like a beaver dam. Yeah, well, like a beaver house. And uh, it's, you know, 10, 15 feet offshore in some cases. In this case, it was, you know, 10 feet offshore. And uh, I, I had some sets in or near the house. I don't know why, but I had to get out to the house. The ice was uh, dangerously thin, one inch or less. And... uh I've this is this is really bad, Dawn. Okay, oh you're thirteen. You are already a trapper at right. this point. You're setting <laughs> b- muskrat traps. And you have a full beard. Go on. <laughs> and I run the trap uh, uh, trap line on my motorcycle uh, because I didn't have a truck yet. So I, I sense that the ice is safe and it's caving and cracking. So uh, uh, because I'm brilliant, I decided. Well, the best thing to do. Uh, instead of turning around and going back to shore, would be to spread my weight out. So I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to crawl out there. That way, the I, I'll I'll be spreading my weight out. And uh, I, I made it about a foot, and the ice broke, and I went under. <gasps> oh! Now, thankfully, it was you know four feet deep, three feet deep. I, I immediately stood up. But my hip boots had filled with water. <gasps> I was wet all the way. You know, my head went under, so I was completely wet. And it's it, freezing cold. Yeah, it's about, you know, 20, in the 20s, somewhere. Uh, and I so I hopped on my motorcycle, and I, I rode it. And, and this is a lake, a natural environment lake that has no houses on it. Huge lake, no houses, completely isolated. How far are you away from home? Um, probably th- three or four miles from home. <gasps> One mile from the nearest house, which would be my great uncle. Oh. So I rode completely soaked uh, over. His name was Wallace. Rode over to Wallace's house, came bursting in the door. He took me downstairs. We took off all my clothes. I yeah. warmed up. My parents came home, blah, blah, blah. You'd think I would have learned my lesson, right? Uh-huh. Well, years later, um, it was after I'd been fired from, I think, 1500. So this would have been 91 or so. I had the fall off. I was doing the same thing, only this time it was a uh, beaver house in the middle of a pond. And I had permission, and two property owners uh, owned land around this pond, right? The one guy I had permission from, nice guy. The guy who uh, owned the other half of the pond, meanest guy in the state, mean as a snake. I mean really mean. Uh, so I make my way out to this beaver house, and again, I have no idea why. I have no idea why. And the ice was dangerously unsafe, one and a half, maybe two inches at the most. How old are you? 
Uh, this would have been He's an adult 20, by this. Oh, you're an adult because you got fired from 1500. Yeah, 25, 27. I don't know. Okay, so the beaver house, is it on top of the ice or underneath well, it, it? it? What? No, the, the, it, it starts on the ground underwater and then uh-huh. builds up, 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 up. Sure, up, up yeah, and up. yeah, yeah. So the ice goes right up to the side of it. And I know uh, the ice is so thin and it's caving and water is coming on top. I know I can't go back the way I came out there. The only way to go is to keep going. And by the way, ice is extra thin around beaver houses because they're swimming around underneath. Yeah. Warming up the water with their beaver bodies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, short to shorten the story, I finally safe it, safely make it off the ice to the other side to the mean landowner uh, guy. Guess who comes over the hill on his tractor? Who? The mean guy. And he <laughs> tore me a new one, screaming and yelling. Screaming. Did he shoot you? He told me he would shoot me if oh, he ever found me on his land again. And I tried to tell him I, I, I didn't have any choice. I was out in the ice. It was too safe to go back. I had to come this way. Don't worry. I'm going to walk the shore. And man, oh, man. And that those two incidences were the uh, only real issues I've ever had with ice ever since that mm. beaver house um a story. I, I've I've been well behaved. I, I do have one question about the first time. Yeah. Since it was in the twenties, and I'm I, despite growing up in North Dakota, I'm not really a rural guy. Why were you driving your motorcycle? Well, that was my only transportation. There wasn't so any you just, snow. Even even in winter, you just kind of took yeah. it out if it was cold. Yeah, and I actually, as a kid, I rode my motorcycle year round, and huh. I would I would dump okay. it every single day. Uh, every day I'd ride I'll it bet you until, yeah, yeah, and I would fall down every day. But that's Gosh. just a sidebar. <laughs> that's the best part. So do you have, in order to be responsible and, and not be a jackass, do you, Don, have that email where it says how, what you can do, what activities are permitted? Um, oh, in, it, within this? Yeah. Oh, sure, yes. Um, da, da, da. Like two to, or Four inches oh, yeah, the safe. minimum ice thickness guidelines for new clear ice are four inches for ice fishing or other activities on foot. Right. Five to seven inches for a snowmobile or all-terrain vehicle. Right. Eight to 12 inches for a car or a right. small pickup. 12 to 15 inches for a medium truck. Right. Double these minimums for white or snow-covered ice. Yeah, the snow insulates ice and it... <gasps> Uh, it and it won't form as quickly um, as it, as you would hope. So and you're course, telling? Okay, I just so you this is I had no idea that you could have a truck out on ice that's just a foot thick. Yeah, and I do have, and all my buddies have stories about that. Where and I drive a three quarter ton, eight foot box crew cab, huge, huge truck, very, very heavy. Uh, and we'll check the ice, and it'll be 15 inches. And it's like, yeah, that's good enough. Uh, and you'll drive out. You put your house out and it's go not, fishing. Okay. And then um, what we sometimes what we do once we're settled in, we'll go drill a hole 20, 30 feet away, and, and fish out of that hole. You look out the window and see. You know, um, you can put a line down out there. And uh, it's happened to me. It's happened to all my buddies. You drill that hole 20 feet away from your house, and you discover at your house you have 15 to 18 inches of ice. But, but at this hole, there's 11 inches of ice. <laughs> so that's what uh, the Minnesota DNR means when they say ice is never safe. 
it 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 doesn't freeze uniformly. It doesn't freeze right, right. evenly all over. Right. right. There are currents and beavers running around under there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows right. what else? Well, you seriously, you will not go out on the ice with me this winter. No. No, no, e- no. Even if I can prove to you that it's 15 inches or more? No, it's terrifying. I'll I Jason mean, did it last year. Up? That's Jason. Okay. I right. it really is like I must have you know, I almost drowned as a kid in the right. ocean. So I have yeah. real water trauma. Like they yeah. couldn't even wash my hair. Oh. I would have a convulsions and my eyes would roll back in my head. Oh, it took three my people wow. to hold me down. Oh wow. To wash my hair in the sink because of the sensation of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then just to think about water under the ice, if I see like any shots on a TV show where they're like in the water and then they go, this is the worst. When they are submerging yeah. and then they're coming back up and yeah. you see like that for some reason is really bad Yeah, for me. It's like the bubbling sounds, like all of it. Because I was flailing probably and, you know, I was I've only been, two. I've been meaning to ask you. So you obviously it's probably a stupid question. You didn't go on the company boat trip a month or so ago. No, I didn't think so. Okay, I just I just saw the face you made. Please, uh, is that everything I wanted to talk? Uh, I, well, I sent you a video last year, last winter, of me out on the ice, and I, I think know. I showed you how thick the ice was. I know. You know, and it was a, a foot and a half or more. Yeah, but also, how deep is the water? You didn't say that. Uh, it was about 31 feet there. That is awful. I didn't even, I didn't even know that the, that the lake was that deep. Just to think about the lake is that deep is not good. Yeah. There's a, a lake nearby, um, the lake I usually fish on, where guys won't go past the bay where the boat launch is, where you go out on the ice because it has so many springs. You can have 18 of in, inches uh, of ice here, and then 30, 40 feet away, you've got one inch of ice. Oof. What do yeah. you mean springs underneath? Yeah, it's spring-fed lake, you know, and for some reason that... So it bubbles up from the ground from underneath? Evidently, yeah. yeah. So, and that's warmer or whatever? Right, right. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dawn is never going out on the ice, Kitty. No, okay. I'm sorry. I'll jump out of an airplane any day, but <laughs> not know. this. <laughs> no. Which, by the way, I that's an awesome of- video. I watch that video on your website. That is oh, really cool. Oh, yeah, on my YouTube, my old YouTube page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I should put it on my ghost hunting page. Just. You really should because it's a lot of fun. It's kind of embarrassing because it's my first um, jump for when I was trying to get my AFF, which is Advanced Freefall Certification. So I have two guys who are holding on to me. Yeah. So it's my first unassisted Jump, yeah, meaning yeah. I'm not doing a tandem where I'm strapped to someone else. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to like I step out on the the strut. I guess is what I think that's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the strut and I the the wind is like you know oh, it's, it's coming incredible. at you at like 140 yeah. miles an yeah. hour. Yeah. And so I'm like asking them questions and he doesn't he can't hear what I'm saying. My jump master is just like, get out here, you know, (laughs) come on, come on. And then people are kind of horrified when I tell them that, you know, you go over upside down like you. you, It's Mm -hmm. like you're doing a back bend backwards over. That's how you launch yourself. You let it take you and you go backwards. And then you have to right yourself by creating an X with your body so that you're not tumbling 
And oh boy, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. It's yeah. fun to sometimes watch videos of other skydivers. What what always um, surprises me is, uh, especially when you see helmet cam footage, they're coming at the ground, even with the chute open, really, really fast. And then the last, I'm going to say, three to five seconds, they do whatever they do with those handles, slows them way down, and they come to a running stop. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, I'm not great at that. I'll be honest with you. I'm not like these people that have a thousand jumps. That's why they're the jump masters. Um, yeah. I will do this thing. <laughs> they used to go, Dawn, do not do that. I'm like, I can't help it. My depth perception of what is seven feet below me, like you don't ever look down as right. you're tra- Like that's not a natural thing. Right. So once you, there's a flag out there and um, once you, you're supposed to. Go towards the flag. Eat the carrot, they say. So, you know, pointy in. That's how you're supposed to go into the wind to land. And um, I will start doing this running thing with my feet (laughs) in the air before I hit the ground. And then you can break your ankle. And there are people I know who have broken their ankle by doing that. But it's just like, I think I'm there. I think I'm there. So I want to start running before my (laughs) feet hit the ground. I don't want to, like, shatter my... I don't know. There's just something that... So it's like a dog that's like you hold above a pool and they're paddling. Why can't you just land on your butt? Um, You can, which I do. I think I did in that first video. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I just, it wasn't Hmm. too bad. I didn't, I have face planted before. Oh. Like just flat, like (laughs) I'm running and then bam on my face. Anyway, I know we weren't supposed to talk about this. We had a lot of other things planned, so I apologize. None, none for of this sounds into... like sounds like fun, guys. I'm sorry. The ice no. or the or the uh, jumping out of airplanes. And if you watch that video and you're a skydiver, I will say I know that my feet, my foot is not in a great position to oh, open you my get parachute. The yeah. yeah, I just want to let you know. Swingers. I know that my foot yeah. is um, not in a great position because it could. When I open my parachute, I could hook some of the ropes on my. You know, on my foot, because it's not perfectly straight. It's kind of up more and at an angle. So I know that that's wrong and bad, but it was my first unassisted jump. So, Don, I do have a novice question that I've thought for years, and I've never had anybody to actually ask the question to. All right. So seven or eight people jump out of the plane, Mm -hmm. and you always get this footage of these seven or eight people, mm-hmm. they're all like grabbing hands and making a circle on the way down. Yeah, I, I've done that. How do you do that when everybody jumps at different times? And how do you work through the air as you're free falling uh-huh. okay, to well, reach out and grab somebody? That part makes no sense to me. Okay, well, your arms are hand controls. So if you put one arm in, then you're going to start turning that direction. And then it's the same this way. If you want to go fast and down, you put your hands all the way back like Superman. And that will make you... This is not on Turns video. you into a bullet. You, you're a bullet. And that's yeah. my favorite thing to do. Yeah. It's, it's called tracking. Be. Yeah. So you track and then you can stop. You can track this way, turn, stop. It's all... You know, oh, cool. uh, you mean, it takes practice for sure to get to where that's how those you get the videos of the guy. They jump out before you, the videographer, and then they're looking up at you and then they'll have to stop themselves to catch up. 
Very interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that. The last test that I took, um, which I did not ever get my full license, I would like to go back and do that. I had to do like eight moves. I had to do a barrel roll left, a barrel roll right. Then I oh. had to turn 360 degrees, stop, no. turn the other 360, stop, and then do a backflip and a front flip and then get myself right. Hmm. All the while the that ground is, is all, approaching. And, and my jump master is falling next to me watching me. And then he'll tell me, and, and also in between looking at my altimeter, because that's telling me my altitude. How many feet do you have to be at um, when you open that chute? Well, I would prefer to do it at 6,000 feet. Okay. Now, some people do it lower, which is not recommended. Yeah. I mean, that gives you more time to correct things, because if your parachute opens and you look up and it's not doing what it's supposed to do, you'll have to cut that one away. If you oh. can't get it right, oh. sometimes you have to kick oh. out. If it's all twisted like up I'm there, out. you have to kick. Like <laughs> if you're on a swing and you're you're all twisted up in a swing, just like at a playground, you have to figure out and look up as you're weirdly falling and know which way to kick your way out of it to get yourself straight. I've had to do that before. Oh, if Christ. none of that works and it is entangled in a really strange way, you have to cut that one away pull it and eject it, and then go back into free fall, and then use your reserve parachute, which you will pull immediately up here. Oh, nobody can see me. Maybe but. maybe we'll post this clip just so people can see how uneasy and befuddled John and I both look at this conversation yeah. right now. And I just want to remind yeah. you, and, you, you, you won't go out on the lake when no, I've got 18 inches of ice. that's why we start ice. talking about this, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I need That's why help. you need to jump at 6,000, because if you have to mess with all that stuff and, and go back into free fall and use your reserve, it gives you time. What do you make of these halo jumpers? That's pretty cool, isn't it? What do you mean by that? High altitude, low opening. They jump way the hell up there. Oh, like in space? No, uh, Those well, people? close to I mean, that. I'm thinking of, of the, the military people where they jump out of a big transport plane. Yeah. And they're wearing oxygen. Oh, yeah. Because past 14,000 feet, you'll need it. And then. Or 15. And then they don't open the chute until the very last second. They're trying to get down fast. I mean, that's some skill. That's why my jump master, my teacher, was a military teacher. Yeah. So he's probably done those halo jumps. Probably, yeah. He's pretty badass. Have you done it at all since you've moved here? No, I haven't. Well, you need to get off your ass and jam. I think there's a place out <laughs> in Woodbury uh, that actually does that, isn't there? Uh, I don't know if they're... If Lake, they, out of Lake Elmo Airport? I'll, I'll have to see if they're AFF certified because that's the advanced freefall license that I want so you can jump anywhere in the world. I sold my parachute to move here, by the way, so oh. I would have to rent huh. one. I have always mildly wanted this skill because I am one of those people that every plane I hop on, I assume is going down. Oh, right. so I always <laughs> con- doubt. I yeah. always consciously think if this thing's going down, yeah, how can I survive this? And it's, my one yeah. plan's always been bash out the window and jump out the window before it hits the ground. <laughs> well, but the if parachute you're up too might far, help with that. Yeah, you're going to need oxygen. They won't let you bring that. So it is DB Cooper Day, by the way. I'd like to say oh, that's, a, well, that's on go. my list. By the way, that's on my list. Okay. Before How we much get to time that, have I 
um, eaten up for us here talking e- about skydiving. Uh, in case uh, people listening to the podcast don't know, Don is an actor and a writer and a performer, and you've done plays, movies, commercials, the whole deal. And uh, the reason I'm talking to you about this is uh, something went down at the Guthrie a couple of weeks ago where uh, before a performance of uh, A Christmas Carol, a woman freaked out and went crazy. Oh, no. I See, I was at the haunted prison at the time, so I don't know what happened. Okay, so evidently this is a a different version of A Christmas Carol. Uh, Yeah. um, uh, They do it different every year. That's what's cool about the Guthrie. Right, and that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. So the woman uh, objected to a Palestinian director staging a Christmas carol, which she termed a Christian play. She also, uh, when she got up, she spewed anti-black venom, (gasps) removed her mask, and spit on patrons. And I've got a whole bunch of quotes here, um, from a, a lot of them from the patrons who sat there and took this one of them is uh from kevin west he's an african-american he oh. said i feel assaulted here's a woman telling people of color to go back where they came from <gasps> and uh, the guthrie is wringing their hands because they feel that they didn't apologize for this in a timely manner they waited i don't know how long um and, and some of the patrons who witnessed the woman's tirade uh, when this piece was written, I think over a week ago now, we're still reeling. Here's a quote. The racial undertones were so intense. I don't feel welcomed here, said, I'm just going to say, a lady who self-describes herself as mixed-race Brazilian Mm -hmm. Jew. She was attending the Guthrie show for the first time. Um, Man, oh, man, another one. Oh, oh, uh, the artistic director, I think his name, first name is Joseph Hodge, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. H-A-J. Is that right, Hodge? Yeah, it sounds right now. Yeah. Uh, Man, oh, man, it's been brutal and gutting. You think every storm runs out of rain, but when does it actually end? Uh, We should have had a, uh, it should have been an evening of great celebration, Mm -hmm. welcoming folks back into theater. It turned into this. And there's a number of quotes like this from patrons wringing their hands. And here's what happened. Okay. She started uh, Caldera, uh, one of the uh, the director, they were, or, or Hodge, one of them was on stage mm-hmm. making an announcement before the stop uh, started the play. Here's, uh, here's what the paper said. She started mumbling right away that this is a Muslim adapt- adaptation of a Christian play. Soon she started to berate two women taking a selfie, then started telling people to go back to the country they came from and calling a black man a black expletive. (gasps) She was out for violence. Then she removed her mask. She started coughing and spitting all over a different person, and blah, blah, blah. So she is off the rails. The Guthrie at the time had a policy where they cannot lay hands on a patron to Mm. remove them. This isn't like a bar where they grab you by the scruff of the neck and they throw you through the window. This is, you know, these are gentle people. Um, so they had to wait for the police to arrive, and then the police escorted her out. So it took a long time. Oh, no. My question to you, Don, is is every patron who attends a play like this that, and I don't know what the right word is because I don't want to insult anybody, gentle? You know what I'm saying? My question, how come somebody like me or Reavers wasn't there, somebody who would stand up and say, 
Listen, you dumb bleep, shut your bleeping mouth or I'm going to drag you by the hair up the aisle and out of here. How come those... Where is anybody standing up for everyone else? Where is that? What has happened to us? That's just a question about humanity. I think people are scared, aren't they? They're afraid to get involved with somebody who could potentially sue them. Because if you lay hands on her, she might... Doesn't I, it, I don't know what my rights are at that point. But it kind of yeah. reminds me what's going on right now in the in the skies with people that fly and freak mm-hmm. out for no reason whatsoever. Where are, for lack of a better term, where are the good old boys? Yeah, where are the people that are going to stand up and say, "Shut your bleeping <laughs> mouth!" I or I am going to shut it there. for you. Maybe did everyone remain silent? Yeah. They I all guess. sat. They all sat there and took it, Don. Mm. Uh, and it was thirty minutes too, by the yeah. way. Before, 30 yeah, thirty minutes, so half, thirty half an minutes, hour. and nobody stood up and, and oh my said, gosh, oh. yeah. So the Guthries, obviously, um, they're they're looking. I feel bad for them. Yeah, I really do. They probably didn't know what to do or what to say. Oh, the Guthries they... just beside themselves. Oh. They are so sorry. They issued. Uh, a long rambling apology <laughs> where they're, they're oh. really, truly, absolutely sorry. Of course. And you, you got to feel bad for them. But I'm just wondering what has happened to us as a country where people, when this kind of thing starts going down, somebody doesn't step in. And I brought up Reavers and John got the reference. You probably didn't because, uh, I don't know, six months, a year ago, whatever, Reavers was on the, the train, the light rail train. Either I think he was coming back from a game, going over to the station, mm. and some dude was about to rob another dude. Oh my gosh! And you know, Reavers, he's like eight feet tall and weighs eight hundred pounds. He's a big, big guy. He's got a long reach. Reavers stood up and said, "Reavers said no." And I, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but he didn't let it go down. And then the guy threatened him, and Reavers said something along the lines of, "Next stop, we're getting off. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll deal with you." And the doors opened and the guy fled and everything was fine. But where are the Chris Reavers of the world? That's, That's my a question. good question. I think I'm al- I think personally I get enraged when things like this happen and I have to calm myself down because I'm the type of person that would start fighting with the lady. That's what I want to hear. John, what, what, what about you? But then you're, you're like, do they have a weapon? Right. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, do they get uh, scanned when they go at the Guthrie? Is there a weapon? Well, I don't know, what but I bet called? they will. I bet they will going forward. I, a metal detector. I, I, I metal would think detector. they're going to add a lot of security, including uh, getting rid of the hands-off policy. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, because they had to sit there for thirty minutes and not address this woman. Even, I, you know, don't get close to her. Don't do anything. Just let her sit and ramble. So they have to reassess. And they said they are reassessing how they'll react to incidents, but they have to reassess the don't touch, et cetera, et cetera. Don't they? I I would think. It's a damn shame that everywhere we go in public now, you need Patrick Swayze there to kick somebody's ass. Let's roadhouse this place. Yeah, that's what we need. We need a Patrick Swayze to kick, kick your ass if you won't behave. I mean, I wish they had some duct tape. Duct right. tape or to a seat. There you right. go. Yep. Absolutely. Possibly your mouth so we don't have to hear her. <laughs> right. that's, that's the airplane. Uh, the, I every, that's what that they story. do on the airplane. Yeah, yeah. They, they got, got in trouble, trouble too. They got yeah. suspended. Yeah, of no, course. Yeah. They should have got a huge, huge raise and pick your shifts and your, your champions, your heroes. 
That's what we need. <sighs> Trailer Park Boys reference for you guys. <laughs> yes. Pa- Patrick Swayze better look out or Sebastian Bach might kick as you know what. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> great. Oh, my God. Uh, I actually I saw you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Go ahead. I saw a Roadhouse uh, reference the other night. Any, you guys watch Yellowstone? Uh, no, no, I'd love uh, to start uh, though. There was there was a Roadhouse guy. reference. Really, it's Dan that guy. What guy? It's Costner, isn't Costner? Costner oh, he's great in that. No, yeah. he's yeah. awful. He's no, awful. he's good. In Worst he's actor on the planet. Oh, shut up. Anyway, there was a reference to Roadhouse on it. There's a Family Guy episode where Peter just keeps saying over and over Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we had such a badass. We had this conversation, I think, on this show already. I, I couldn't make it through that movie. Oh, watched it's a, awful. Watched an hour Roadhouse? of Roadhouse. This oh, no, horrible. no, John. It's a, it's an awful, awful oh, movie. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, but gosh. it's awful to me in a good way. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's so a, bad. It's so yeah. bad it's good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, You've got to watch well, the end. Yeah. Come on. There's a sex <laughs> scene in a barn, I think. Right Uh-oh, on. He I missed that. Stupid. Yeah. Um, yep, he, his place is a loft in a barn. He rolls into town in his hot rod, but then he always buys a junker car to drive around because he knows it's going to get wrecked. You know, he, he's a he's a yeah. And his specialist. hair is always curled beautifully, well, that's even after funny a fight. You should, funny you should mention that. The reference on Yellowstone the other night was the guy saying, <laughs> I wish I was Sam Elliott in uh, Roadhouse, and I wish I had Patrick Swayze's hair in Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, boy. So uh, I received a, a email this morning from a GLer telling me all about D.B. Cooper. He thought maybe I was too young to remember D.B. Cooper. I didn't. I haven't responded yet, but I think I've watched um, pretty much every special uh, in the world uh, that's been made about D.B. Cooper, John F. Kennedy's murder, and Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> And they all came together this week. Uh, the twenty second, right, John, was <laughs> yep. the anniversary of Kennedy uh, g- getting mm. shot at Dealey Plaza. Uh, so I watched a special on the Reels channel this week. Uh, DB Cooper was it today? Today is DB Cooper Day. Today is DB Cooper Day, and don't you want to believe that DB Cooper? Got away. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then there was a piece earlier in the week, uh, actually Sunday, about Jimmy Hoffa, a fun little piece that now they, uh, you know, this happens once every couple of years where they yeah. think they know where Jimmy Hoffa is. Uh, and that was a fun read. So anyway, we're not going to talk about any of that because, John, you know what? Let me let me talk about Aim High Construction a minute and then get out that story about our guy in the woods. Oh, sure. And I want you uh get on the list right now. With aimhighconstructionmn.com, the waiting list is long, but it's worth the wait. Aim High Construction, they're going to be able to tackle just about any construction job that needs doing from minor little repairs to big ones, decks, siding, roofs, remodels, uh, brand new construction. They can help you with everything, design consultation. Uh, if you're thinking about a new kitchen or a bath or finishing off the basement, they're your company, a full-service construction company obsessed with quality craftsmanship, a very honest service right here in uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. And I actually used them in South Minneapolis when we were getting our house ready to sell. And uh, they really helped force the equity. I, I, we wouldn't have got the price we did without that brand-new constru- uh, the brand-new kitchen, Without the new deck, without uh, the landscaping, everything they did was wonderful. Uh, so if, if you have a, a big job coming up or you're thinking about it, get on the website, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Get a hold of Chris, the owner. 
Okay, our guy, uh, and I actually wanted to spend a whole hour talking about this, but we're not going to have time. Uh, can you give us the lowdown on my buddy in the woods, John? Sure. Uh, his name is Burl. It's B-E-R-Y-L. Burl Novak. And uh, the story was in the Rochester paper. It's down in that area uh, where he lives. Fascinating story. Uh, he bought 40 acres of forest in 1966 for $700. Oh, my gosh. Eventually moved to an old one-room shack, uh, moved an old one-room shack to the site for deer hunting cabin and liked it so much, he just decided to stay there for good and live there. Uh, That was 1977. He says he hasn't lived anywhere else since then. He hasn't slept in any other bed. Not one single night, no vacations, no nothing, away from the home since May of 1993. And all Burl will say is, I'm kind of a homebody. Kind of. He also hasn't hunted deer anywhere else. On November 6th, uh, he was in his favorite deer stand, a 5 by 8 foot tar paper shack with a slide-up window. And uh, the stand is just 50 yards from the house, about an hour's drive north of Hibbing. Yeah. Oh, so it's north. This was in yeah, the Green, It's Greeny, north. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, overlooking an area where he says he shot dozens of deer from the spot, mostly with his trusty 270 Winchester. The annual deer hunt has become part of his life's routine. Uh, Already this season, he's bagged two dozen grouse. He says it's easy to do. He just walks slow, watches, and listens on the forest trail. Uh, Over the years living out there, Novak said he's had close calls with wolves. He's battled with bears. uh, But he says he takes it all in stride. He said it doesn't rattle easy. He's 71 right now. He shot his first deer at the age of 10, 1960, hunting alone. Still has the paper hunting license, it was pictured in the story, and the aluminum buck tag pressed between pages in a photo album. He says since then, he thinks he's probably shot 75 deer in the woods northwest of Cook. As a memory like a steel trap, he rattles off dates and antler counts from hunting. He was born and raised, graduated from Orr High School in 1968. He liked cars, he said, and of course girls. Did he go in the service? Is that part of the story? Or am I... uh, he, yes, he was in the Air Force. Let's see, I can drop down here. He attended a oh, vocational right. college and yeah. with, he had a low draft number. Yeah. So so like a lot of folks he just enlisted right. uh, in the U.S. Air Force. Stayed for nearly four years from 1970 to 74. Stationed at several bases across the U.S. Spent eight months in Vietnam at the 483rd USAF Hospital in Cam Ronde Bay where the base came under occasional rocket attack, where he says he saw the horrors of war firsthand with a parade of wounded on display. Oh, boy. Uh, through his military service, he would come home on leave, scheduled around, of course, hunting season. He said, I always came home to hunt. That's oh. what I thought about when I was over there. Uh, his one-room home, by the way, uh, from the, Kenny and I were talking about this off-air, it's a it's a good-looking place from the outside. Don, they call it a shack, and when I think of a shack, I think of a shack. Yeah. Like something you make moonshine in, right? Yeah, right. I've, it, I've seen it too. It's a little white house, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just a yeah. tiny little one room house. But it, it looks it nice from the outside. He's got a nice deck or porch or whatever. It is uh, tiny, Don. It's sixteen by twenty. So yeah, that's that's not a lot of space. It's about the size of this room I'm in. I think. What yeah. else do you need? Seriously, come on. Uh, it has it has no running water. Uh, there is a hand pump outside a few steps, an outhouse, of course, and a sauna shed. He said, I don't have to. Oh, uh, a lot of Finlanders up there. You got to do them oh, right. Yeah. Sauna. 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 Sorry. Sauna. Yeah. Sorry, Finlanders. Innocent mistake. <laughs> 
Don't go all um, Guthrie lady on us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> a big barrel wood stove heats the place when it's cold. Novak has a few seasons worth of fuel stacked up neatly outside. He's got a gas range when he wants to cook, a bed in the corner, and a small TV that he says he can get three stations over the airwaves. Wow. Uh, oh. And he doesn't mind that. That he says, "Why would you need any more than that? Everything on TV is also damn depressing anyway." So there you go. Wow! This no is Twitter, a... no Facebook, nope. no Insta, nope. none of that. This my, is Kenny's f- goal, I think, isn't it? <laughs> my favorite. Um, uh, he, he has a calendar on the door, but it's yeah. from 2017. Oh nice. my gosh! <laughs> nice. It, this is DB Cooper living out there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Don, we've talked, ever since I met you, we've talked frequently, uh, mostly off the air, about um, our bug-out bags and uh, oh, our obsession God. with getting out. When the, when, when the S hits the fan, we're mm-hmm. going to be, we know, what, we know what's up. Could you live like this? Like, like if our I friend? had to, yeah. But you wouldn't voluntarily move alone to a, a okay. little one-room cabin in the woods and use an outhouse for your remaining days on the planet. Okay, so I was really into shows about Alaska for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had like eight going at one time. Yeah, life on, below zero. I yes, never miss it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and so I fantasized about moving to Alaska. I looked at radio stations in Alaska and yep. like eventually maybe just being that far away from people because I just desired to be not around people anymore right so you could i could i would love to have the challenge of learning how to completely survive you need to and i I think i've thrown this name at you before um pen and paper right now don you got one i've got got my cell phone phone, cell phone good enough dick prenicky oh yeah you told me about this before dick prenicky he yeah. lived out in the woods, right? He did in, this in, in the 60s. Yes. Where he, too, had been in the service. Um, uh, he could repair anything. John, help me out because you have the book, too. He, he was really good with his hands. He could build stuff. He could work on equipment. Yep. And he, he went up there and built the entire the cabin, everything by himself. He, oh, oh, he went up the year before, cut down all the logs, yep. stripped them, and let them dry for a year on mm-hmm. uh, Twin Lake, mm-hmm. Alaska. Somewhere. Alaska, yep. yeah. Went back the next year, and he was staying in a buddy's cabin at the other end of the lake, um, which was unoccupied, and built this cabin by hand, by mm-hmm. himself, with the tools he had brought. And none of them were gas tools. None of them were electric. They're yeah. all hand it's tools. Like the Amish way. Right. And every time uh, PBS Channel 2 does a pledge drive, they trot this out. And it's a long video yep. series. And you can actually watch, watch this happen. And he lived there until, what was he, in his 80s, John? Yeah. Yep. When he finally, his family finally kind of forced him or made him, and oh. he agreed. Because we're talking winters where it's 40, mm-hmm. 50, 60 below. And he's going out on the ice chipping holes and you know they, that ice has got to be three feet thick for Good. water his outhouse was in the cabin right next to his bed <laughs> yeah i don't know if it was a hole in the ground or it was a pail <laughs> but it was right there yeah he built a big outdoor kind of loft on poles to store his food with oh. a ladder he could take down so the bears and critters couldn't oh get Oh, my it. gosh, that's brilliant, yeah. He would, yeah. he would get the occasional float plane landing and, and drop supplies for him. That's where he would get supplies when he wasn't hunting mm-hmm. or killing his own food. They, they would drop some off on occasion. 
It's fascinating stuff. So fascinating. listen to this. Have you ever met our buddy who works, uh, he, he no longer works in the building, but he still works for Hubbard, Wheeler Morris? Yeah, I actually did a, a charity event with him. We climbed the Capella Tower for, what is it for? Leukemia Lymphoma Society. He actually ran. He was first. Yeah, yeah. He ran up the thing. Yeah, Twice, you know I think. Twice. He yes. was a guide in Alaska. Mm-hmm. What is up with this? He looks like a kid. Yeah. Is he a kid? <laughs> well, he's a kid to us. Yeah. But he's the coolest guy, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. And uh, he now works out in Seattle yeah, for a, a station out there. Yeah. But uh, for a while, before he got responsible, uh, he was a, a guide up at a camp up in Alaska, a fly-in camp. And when um, people weren't so much into fishing or the fishing wasn't good, they'd fly over to Twin Lakes and visit Prennicke's cabin. Because really? now the. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. now e- either the government owns it or Alaska owns it or whatever, and you can actually reserve it and stay in Prennicke's sta- uh, uh, cabin. But his mom, who we all know, has been to Prennicke's cabin. Oh, my gosh. Nice. I'll have to talk to her about that yeah, next time yeah. I see her. That's it, fantastic. It, his mom has been around the world, and there hasn't isn't much she hasn't done, and none of that interests me at all. <laughs> right. I, I have nothing to say about any of that except Prenneke's cabin, and that's when I won't shut up and won't leave her alone when we talk about that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So neat. How do I – I've looked a lot online. I don't think you can stream this. It's like you have to – Buy the episodes, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. probably. And, yeah, and whenever it comes up, I usually record it and watch little bits. Um, but uh, this guy Burl uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Prenicky, but he's doing it right here in Minnesota. And his income, John, what is he? Is he selling furs or is he making uh, knickknacks? I was, yeah, I was going to mention that. What he does is he uh, trades uh, his food. Uh, with the neighbors who take care of him in ways, they'll take him into town to see oh, the doctor, right. yeah, yeah, uh, to see the dentist, and he will trade because he all he does is hunt basically, right? So he so he has all this food. He trades meat and that sort of thing. He also raises a ton of fruit and vegetables, so he also sure. shares those. So a lot of that is uh, ends up what he what he ends up eating. Uh, so he, he doesn't really need a ton of money. He hasn't had a car since two thousand five, and hasn't hasn't what? driven. So he doesn't go into town by himself. Only, only with the neighbors. He does have a four wheel ATV. Uh, oh, he sure. said it, it gets him a mile or so down the road. He says, but he never takes it any further than that. The neighbor worrying about him, Don, bought him a cell phone, made him take mm. a cell phone, yeah. which he doesn't use. You know, no. yeah, That's, hasn't shaved or had a haircut since two thousand one. Oh, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> he yeah. said, I don't, I don't have to live to suit anyone else. He says my shoulder length hair falls out a lot, but it doesn't get in the way. So. It's one of those deals, Don, where his nose hair just blends right into oh, his no, mustache. I don't which like that. Blends into Let's his take beard. Care of that. Yeah. Neighbor, help him, please. And from time to time, the state patrol guy will come over with a, a road, a fresh roadkill deer, and drop it oh, off on his cool. porch. Yeah. yeah. He um, keeps but, uh, Henry David Thoreau's essays. That's the only. That's he all he a reads. Book of his essays. That's all he said. That's all you need to read. He said if people would read what he wrote in the eighteen hundreds, it would help them today. Simplify, uh, simplify your life. That's what I've done. So. You see the millennials reading Thoreau? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> First they try to find it on their phone. They're like, yeah. this doesn't say anything about me in it. 
<laughs> we just scroll and be like, um, I don't like it. So is the government okay with that? How come the IRS isn't crawling up his backside? Oh, that's he, a good point. He doesn't make so. any money, right? He yeah, makes he, no, less he than... he doesn't. Yeah. Everything is trade or barter, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Is he sovereign? Not. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> good question, yeah. Does he have any idea there's a pandemic? Uh, well, he uh, yes, says he doesn't actually, see much news. I but... think I think it mentions that actually. Let's see. Uh, oh, here and, we go. And, yeah, yeah, that he was yeah. just fine because you know of that was, he. Yeah. <laughs> the quote is: uh, He says he's perfectly situated to guard against COVID nineteen because quote I've been social distancing out here for twenty years. <laughs> see, love it. That's love right. it. The reason uh, I brought this up with you, McLean, is because we both had this conversation about bugging out and surviving like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we could do it. I think oh. we are so used to the comforts of life, of yeah. an LP furnace, of a flushable toilet, a shower mm-hmm. uh, once or twice, you know. Yeah. I, I don't think it's doable. I think you have to start at a much younger age yeah. uh, mm-hmm. without any of those comforts, right? Yeah, but if you were forced to, that's what I always think about. You, yeah. you I will do it. Yeah. I will survive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Gloria. Whether, whether yeah, Gloria like Gator there for you. I'll do it. I have a real uh, spicy personality when it comes to I'm a fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you, you've never gone hunting. No, I really want to, though. Oh, you do? The DNR has classes, and I want to take them. They haven't done it in a couple of years, but yeah. Oh, I well, I would love to have you. Really? Yeah. Let's do it. Don't you dare well, take you me go. over to a pond, though. I'll... No, we'll stay away from the water. <laughs> yeah. But if you're interested, yeah. I yeah, really of want. I, absolutely. I have um, gone out hunting with somebody, and they got a deer, and um, I did help them field dress a deer. Oh, so you don't find that off-putting? Well, of course no. you're going to survive. If you can handle that, you can handle anything. Well, yeah, I've never shot one myself, though. Yeah, you'll you'll get the hang of it. Um, I, I've often thought I should invite you and MC up to go camping. You know, I got a oh yeah s ton I'd of acres to. where, uh, but there's no bathrooms, there's no showers. Yeah, I don't go pl- camping places where there are those kind of things. Okay, I've how long have you camped at one oh, time? Me? Yeah. Oh, maybe a, a week at the most. I okay. Think oh. The longest stint I did was, I think, seven days in the Boundary Waters. Okay. When I was a kid. Yeah. I don't like camping. Oh, okay. Oh. I love it. Oh, I like my bed and my heat <laughs> and my TV. But, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I've crossed off everything off my list. You guys have anything you want to <laughs> no, get out? No, that's it, man. Uh, I think we're good. Huh? Ross? Can I just say that I'm thankful for all three of you this Thanksgiving season? Oh, oh he's sweet. Shut up. Now you made Kenny break. sick. Way to go, Ross. Yeah. Hit the button, Ross. Let's get out of here. I think I had a lotto story I wanted to get to, actually, for you. Uh, actually, we do. Uh, Don does have a bunch of stories. Maybe we'll get next to them uh, next time. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, thank you for listening to News Thanks from the Krabby Coffee, news from the Krabby Sh- Coffee Shop. Shop. New episodes drop every week wherever oh, you get your close. podcast.